Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Gosh, these weeks are just flying by. Can't even believe it. It's already Thursday again. Hope you're having a great week. Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Ton to get to today. Pretty standardized Thursday shows this time of year, which is pretty fun. Breaking up a lot of football talk right now, which is actually very welcome because we've been talking a ton of football here uh, these last couple days already. Back into our Where Are They Now series, featuring uh, former Big Sky Conference standouts, most of them with Montana flavor, uh, including the lady that joins us today, Scott Cisco, in studio with us. That's coming up here uh, in just a minute. Appreciate Ryan and Miller for their continued support of our Where Are They Now series. We also have uh, Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports swinging by for some laughs. And uh, actually kind of serious one today, So, but touched on a lot of the current events of the moment. She also still refuses to believe Aaron Rodgers is cool, but that's because uh, she hasn't watched Hard Knocks yet. Uh, and we're also going to hear from one of the best players on the football field in the Big Sky Conference, Marshall Martin. He is a All-American times two at Sacramento State. It's part of our Big Sky Spotlight. Well, we will, we will uh, feature various standout athletes from around the Big Sky Conference outside of Montana uh, weekly here uh, on Nuanas Now. That's the show outlook. If you want to stream the show, you always can on the ESPN MT app as well as on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Remember that number because we have Paddleheads tickets times three for you. Three pairs to Sunday's action down there at Ogren Park. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We also have some free Iron Grizz for you. 
Uh, PSA, though, the Iron Grizz is closed for the next couple days. Uh, as we sit here on August 17th, it'll be closed till the 22nd and then back open. It's only open seasonally now, but they're just closed for the week, and uh, they'll be back open next week. So uh, we're still going to give you some free Iron Grizz, though, and you can use it uh, when it's back open. Uh, I was riding my bike down campus. By the way, hi, ladies. Thank you so much for being Hello, here. Hello, Coulter. Uh, I was riding my bike with my nephew earlier this morning, and we checked out Hellgate football practice because it was just right on the way. So I uh, saw your boy working Number hard. Number 56. Yep. That's Clegg on the back. Yep. That's yep. a nice Hellgate name. I, I love it. Um 56, that was my number. Tell Evan it's my favorite number. Oh, wow. That's just his practice number. He's 87. Oh, okay, right, because he's got to catch the ball sometimes too, right? Right. Okay. Well, cool. They're working hard. Uh, of course, Brian Salone and Sauce and sprinted over to the sideline to say hi and then sprinted back like he always does. So uh, fun seeing everybody down there, though, uh, certainly that time of year. How's it going for Evan? Is he liking it? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's intense right now because they have long practices. They're, the smoke hasn't been fun. No. Um, no. But, you know, they're, they're high school kids. They have a lot of energy. For sure. So they can come home and recharge and then get back up and do it again. So it's, I was, it's fun. I was listening to one of their conversations and one of the boys was talking about how he had eaten 30 wings before practice. Just like at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't eat 30 wings at any time, let alone 10 o'clock in the morning and then let alone go to f- the first of two football practices. Well, I will say Evan, after practice yesterday, <laughs> ate two gigantic porterhouse steaks. <laughs> I mean, they were huge from Rosars. I, I grilled two just thinking, well, I'll keep one for later. <laughs> this is why you have to have multiple jobs. That's right. <laughs> Chris Red Best Beer Heading our Where Are They Now series here uh, again for the second summer. And uh, happy to be joined in studio uh, by a good friend and uh, one of the all-time great Lady Grizz basketball players of all time, Scala Cisco, uh, in studio uh, with us. Our Where Are They Now series is presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, a law firm specializing in personal injury and criminal defense. Angie Miller uh, actually stopped by the studio a little while ago and uh, told us a little bit more about the firm. Angie, in today's world of ever-changing economy, finances are never far from anyone's mind. It's just the, it's the way it is, and it's especially that way for professional services. How much does it cost to talk to you? Yeah, so actually to talk to us and get a consultation, no matter what your case is, it's absolutely free. That's really a, the beauty of our job that we can help people give them some guidance and it's free. It doesn't cost anything. For um, personal injury, medical malpractice, it's actually, you never pay anything to us. If we get a settlement or a judgment or a verdict for you, then we get a portion of that, but otherwise you're not paying us any money. So it's really helpful to prospective clients. Uh, everything in the world is rapidly changing. How do you guys keep up with all of that? And uh, what sort of things have you done to sort of keep up with everything? Yeah, so that's actually a really hot topic in law right now with artificial intelligence and being able to use it or not being able to use it. Um, And, you know, different judges putting out different you know, orders regarding it, but I think it's important that as attorneys, we just be ready to move with it. And there's different ways that we've already started utilizing artificial intelligence, um, changing how we market and how we find clients and, and just being ready to roll with the, you know, roll with the dice and any changes that are coming our way. We're looking at our Sports Illustrated while we hear from Angie Miller, but we were talking about exactly this yesterday. I found all these old Sports Illustrated, looking at the Sportsman of the Year awards, and the three I have out on display, Lance Armstrong from 2002, Tiger Woods from 2000, and then Tim Duncan and David Robinson from 2003. And as Skyla just said, we talked about exactly this dynamic yesterday. It's, if you fly too close to the sun, it's it's almost like you melt. Tim Duncan and David Robinson were just kind of Mr. Steady Eddie's, never the biggest star in the world like Tiger Woods. Hard workers. Right, totally. And, uh, you know, and that's why I think they didn't have this fall from grace. Lance Armstrong and Tiger Woods both got 
uh, a little bit too big for their britches, I think. Uh, let's talk some hoops. First of all, we always start these with the, the here and now. Um, so many of our guests this this year so far have been people I've only vaguely known or hadn't ever talked to at all. But I've, I've known Skylar for a long time. We've had some fun times together. Uh, so I know what's been going on, but you tell people what's been going on with you. Uh, well, that's, you know. Have you stayed in Missoula the whole time since since your Lady Grizz career ended? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, I love this community. This community embraced me. Um, I definitely embraced it back, so I have a hard time leaving. Um, I did. It's go, a hard town to leave. It really is. Um, I spent a little bit of time in Luxembourg and Belgium playing some basketball right. after school, but came right back to Missoula and have been Short here ever since. Short WNBA. A tiny, wow. a tiny, painful stint. <laughs> it, was a, it was a stint. Okay. It was a stint. I, I did uh, get my locker and my jersey. That Hey, that's same, better than most official. of us can say. The yeah. same day I got cut. <laughs> hey, at least you can say you got the locker and the I did jersey. Have a, right? I had a locker for like an hour. Uh, for uh, for time perspective, uh, Skyla played for the Lady Grizz, if you don't, or are to wear in the late 1990s and then uh, sort of at the forefront of the WNBA. It only been, I think the WNBA had only been around for a couple of years, it, right? This was the second year. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, wild. It's, it's fun talking to sort of the to see the way that this has all changed over the last 25 years or so. But I mean, you mentioned how much you love the community. What else has kept you around Missoula? What have you been doing professionally? Tell people about that. Uh, yeah, so I uh, came back and, and uh, kind of uh, partnered with a, a good friend of mine who was at the university. Um, and it was really his idea to start Liquid Planet. Yep. This was 2003. One of Missoula's favorite places. Yeah, yeah. Still, still cranking. Um, so it was really his brainchild he was working on for a long time. And and I, I came on board there and uh, kind of spearheaded the uh, online side of that. And and for a while, we were doing pretty well. It was pre-Amazon days. Totally. So we, we did all right. And then Amazon came along and then that sort of ended ended a lot of that online commerce business part of it, but kept the coffee shops, obviously. And and then since then, um, we, we, we kept that running for a long time. And then uh, 2018, we decided to build a restaurant and bar. So it uh, took us a long time. We're slated to open uh, Pangea and Staven Hoop, the two downtown. We are slated to open those March of 2020. Which is pretty much like weeks before the whole oh, thing fell apart. Actually, <laughs> pandemic, yeah. right that? Yeah, it was technically hours before we got shut down. Hours, amazing. Yeah, we... Uh, we had all of our food delivered for our grand opening, um, and we were all sitting at the bar. All the food came in, and we were watching the TV, and that's when the governor shut us down. So that was a pretty, that was a pretty painful experience. It was, it was tough, but at the time we had an, uh, our chef was, uh, I mean, our chef is still amazing, but at the time it was critical, like we were going to waste a whole bunch of food. Right. And he was able to preserve like 80% of it, and we were able to give the rest away. So in that regard, that was nice, but... We weren't allowed to open for a long time, obvious for obvious reasons, and and it wasn't really a to-go type right. restaurant. Right. So you know, we tried to tried to do some to-go, but it's hard to do that nice of food and have it taste good when it <laughs> hits your table an hour later. Right. Um, but we we made it. We're still here. Yeah, you made it, and it's great. It's an awesome place. If you haven't checked it out, it's downtown Missoula. It's uh, I mean, we go. Chris and I always meet there when we go out we for do. lunch. So we do. it's a great place. Yeah, so thank you. good job by you guys for getting through. I mean, that must have been really challenging, though. I mean, talk about terrible timing. I mean, you couldn't script it any worse. <laughs> I mean, it's terms. literally the worst hour you could even have opened yeah. a restaurant, right? I, I mean, we obviously had been planning for years. <laughs> sure, so it was, sure. 
pretty crushing. And we still today feel a little bit bitter. Like we didn't, we didn't really get a grand opening. We didn't, totally. you know, for three years we've been still battling COVID and it's lovely after effects. Um, so yeah, we, we, we feel a little bit slighted, but, but I will say, you know, again, Missoula, as it always does, totally came through and, you know, we, if we didn't have people taking our to-go food when it wasn't really meant to be to-go food, uh, sometimes I think just to keep us in business, like we wouldn't be here. So again, another testament to how absolutely amazing Missoula is. Scott Cisco in studio with us. It's our Where They Now series presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Chris Redpath, our uh, co-host for this summer series, got a couple episodes uh, left here. Uh, go ahead, Krista. So, Skyler, you recently had an Ultimate Frisbee milestone, or you hit one. I know you're very active. You're a legend in Ultimate Frisbee, yes. by the way. So, talk what, about what it. One of my got... little photographers, uh, a gal who used to take photographs for us at Skyline Sports, uh, she had she was only in her early 20s. She had no idea about you as a Lady Grizz player. She only knew you as Skyla Cisco, the Ultimate Frisbee player. And when she knew that I knew you, she's like, oh, that lady's like the greatest Ultimate Frisbee player I've ever seen. You have a reputation. That's really funny. <laughs> I mean, I... I don't know. It's it's a tough one, right? It, it's a uh, it's an amazing sport for pre pickleball. It was the <laughs> fastest right. growing sport, um, but an amazing sport. And I've really been blessed to be in this community again. Missoula, absolutely amazing to have a national championship caliber team come out of this tiny town. Almost Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, just missed the final cut. I think I was a finalist for the, and this is only the second year of the mixed division Hall of Fame for Ultimate. Wow! And I was a finalist for that. Didn't didn't get in, but uh, and 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 in all honesty, I probably shouldn't. Um, you I, can't be in every Hall of Fame, but you are already <laughs> in one. I was, gonna, one I was just gonna you. I was just gonna ask: Is there any uh, lady, former Lady Grizz, that are in a uh, Hall of Fame for another sport? That's pretty impressive. Uh, well, I didn't get in there. Right, not maybe, quite. Not no, quite. Just, maybe, just, maybe it's on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, it's just it's really nice to 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 be uh, just to have the opportunity. Totally right, for that. I have a lot of people that have asked me how you're doing personally. Can you share with our audience how you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough question, but I think it's the elephant in the room for sure. Um, so I'm doing great. Like maybe for people that haven't heard, uh, got a really bummer diagnosis. Um, late stage cancer. I, I thought I had fixed in 2019, which turns out we, we missed something. Uh, came back and it came back uh, as I think it often does for people, kind of harshly. Roaring back. Roaring back, um, metastasized into the opposite side, lymph nodes, which is, uh, you know, technically stage four. I don't, I personally don't like that. I don't like, I, 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 it's just a difficult diagnosis in that there's people that have metastasized cancer all over their body and this is a stage four sure whatever you want to call it but it's I don't I don't have a huge cancer burden um it doesn't make it any doesn't make the prognosis any better necessarily um but to me it's 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 like the stages are it doesn't really matter you have some issues you got to figure out the causes and then you gotta you gotta fight and and get it figured out so that's what I'm doing, and I mean, I I feel amazing. So it's you look of, great. Thanks, thanks. Uh, I think people I think people expect you to look very bad when you're going through cancer treatment, and uh, I think that's also kind of a cultural shift. It's just slow and moving, right? Like, and and also I you know it's kind of a a deal where I I'm not doing traditional chemo, and so I'm not undergoing that harshness. So 
of course I feel better. Right. Um, the downside to that is that Western medicine thinks there's no point in it. They think I'm past that point, which I totally disagree with, by the way. Um, so I guess that's why I feel great is I'm not doing that traditional treatment. Um, but I'm doing many things. So it's not like I just said, oh, okay, well, I'll roll over and die then. Right. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to find other ways to battle it. If it's non-traditional or traditional combinations. I spent some time at an integrative clinic in Arizona, um, which Krista was nice enough. I got to, to fly down. I got to see her there. So it was fun. Um, so yeah, it's not like I'm not doing anything and I feel great. Um, so yeah, it's just day to day. Uh, it's a lot of waiting a lot of waiting for to see if medication A or B is going to work and if they have side effects. And and so it's just kind of a, 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 a try everything you can, throw everything you can at it, and hopefully something works. And at this point, I, I've honestly tried so many things. Like, I wholeheartedly believe that something is going to work. Right. But by the end of it, I'm not going to know what it worked and what didn't. Sure, <laughs> right. Because I just threw everything at yeah, it. Yeah, right. Focusing on living. Yeah, absolutely. Like... And, and that's a, a huge piece of it is the mental aspect. And everybody talks about it, right? Like, oh, you have to have a positive mind and, mm-hmm, you know, you got mm-hmm. to think positive thoughts. And, but it's, it's not cliche. No, it is, no, it's not at all. It is absolutely accurate. And there's some really interesting science starting to come out. It's unbelievable. Ab- about where we can actually now scientifically tie, like, a positive attitude to health. And so that's that's what I'm shooting for. I have a, I have a great book for you. Scott Cisco joining us in studio. It's our Where Are They Now series. I appreciate you sharing all this personal stuff with us and, and all of our listeners as well. Have you read the book, The Biology of Belief? Yes, Bruce Lipton. It, Bruce Lipton. Yeah. It's, it's, it's famous. Well, it, I feel it, left out. I need to read it. You should listen to it on tape because he narrates it. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's very, uh, there are some parts that are very science heavy and, and you know, you're kind of getting confused at all the, you know, chemistry stuff he's talking about. But I mean, the basic premise is that your attitude and your environment fundamentally and scientifically affect the, all the cells of your body, and more positivity will make your cells more full and healthy, and, and you can guide yourself through almost any kind of adversity if you truly steadfastly believe it. I, I love that you've read it already. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I've read a lot. I'm right? sure, yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time reading and listening to podcasts, and yeah. and that that is the amazing part, like... It's it's real, and I feel like we we talked about it a lot in sports in college. I mean, we were we're so old. Maybe sports psychology wasn't even a thing in our <laughs> playing day. But I think about it a lot. Like I remember, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name now that was like, kind of trying to do some sports psychology with us at the university. And I remember him saying, like, if you walk up to the free throw line, you you don't say to yourself, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss, right? You know, you don't even say the word miss. You say, I'm going to drain this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, uh, it's money in the bank. Like everything is positive. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I'm approaching this. And it, and it is true in sports. If 100%. you walk up to the free throw line and say, oh, dear God, I don't want to miss this, you are for sure going to miss. My, my dad was yeah. a premier martial artist and he used to always say, Every fight you ever thought you lost, you already lost. If you if you if you don't believe that you're going to win, you, how can you possibly win? Yeah, and so I think we all utilize that, right? But I think sometimes it gets a little cliche, and people just say it to say it. But in this particular case, like I'm banking a lot on that. So 
I remember, I think it was 1998, it might have been, your, well, it was your junior year, but I remember losing two games in a row, which was very rare for us, and we listened to <laughs> meditation tapes to try to Amazing. get our heads clear. Yeah. That was so not common for us to lose back-to-back. Yeah, and I remember you and I talk about it and being absolutely devastated. Oh, just devastated to lose like that, back like, how, oh my God, we're going to have to see someone. Exactly. I I, I think I went and got contacts like that week. I was like, well, something's wrong. I need to fix my vision. I missed a free throw. Like, I mean, you finished fifty-six and four in conference. I think it's that's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Look at that, like ninety-nine and twenty-two. I know that I like to throw out numbers, culture, but those stats are just pretty incredible for the the years played. The wins percentages are amazing. We're going to get to to Skyla's Lady Grizz career and and some of her favorite memories from throughout her her sporting life. But last couple things, just on sort of the here and now. Because you have had this experience and you have been searching for all these solutions, do you feel like your your sports background though has helped you in this? Yeah, uh, I think that it would be a completely different ball game, pun unintended, uh, if I hadn't been an athlete. Yeah, right. I think because you you have this mentality of having to work really hard to attain something, and this is no different. Right. Like this isn't. I'm just not going to go sit in a chair and let somebody pump drugs in me and think that that's my only chance. Totally. Like, I I don't care if it takes two years. I don't care if I have to give up coffee, which I did, and that stinks a lot. (laughs) Especially (laughs) Especially when somebody owns a coffee shop, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a really... Yeah, I did sit... There's a funny story. I sat down with my oncologist in Arizona, and he doesn't know me, you know. I'm just a patient. And he said, okay, so a couple things. First two things, no more coffee, no more alcohol. And I was like, oh, I own a coffee shop and a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and he was like, yeah, sorry. And <laughs> on we go. And so, yes, I think that being an athlete has helped immensely because I'm not afraid of a challenge. Right. I mean, it's not one I certainly would have ever picked. Um, but I also know that it's super hard. And I also feel like I'm, I'm just, I'm a bulldog a little bit. like Competitive. Definitely competitive. And so, I, to me, it's a big challenge, like maybe the biggest, right? And so, you know, I think back to like being a freshman in, in college, and I'm from a small town. I'm from Malta, the best small town on the planet. Uh, but And the string of Malta guests yeah. that we've had has just been amazing. We'll get to that here in a little bit as well. Uh, so it was... It was difficult to, to come here as a, as a kid, you know, as a 19, 18-year-old or whatever. And I was so scared of Rob for also obvious reasons. <laughs> he's uh, scary. He's he scary. scary. Well, he's not funny. now. I mean, I don't think he's scary now, but I'm scared of him too. Yeah, when you're 19 and he's, you know, he's, he mellowed out. But in those days, he was extra animated. Spicy. Very spicy. And so I was kind of terrified and he would yell things and, and it was hard. Right, and so this is no different. Yeah, it's like there's, there's hard, hard times, and you know it takes three years to build you into the player that he really wants you. You know, even if you're playing when you're a freshman, he's building you up to be the best player by the time you're a senior, and that takes three to four years. And I just feel like, okay, fine, this is going to take three to four years, and no problem. I'll just work my ass off, pardon the French, uh, for those years, and we'll kick its butt. Well, a beautiful attitude for sure, and uh, we're we're right here for you, and uh, we love you sharing uh, that with us. It's our Where Are They Now series, Scala Cisco in studio with us, former Lady Grizz, uh, Lady Grizz Hall of Famer, and uh, a brief pro career, which we're going to get to here uh, in just a little bit. we got some Malta stories coming up as well. Amazing to me that there's been, you know, 
I mean, there's been so many great... Eight. I mean, eight... eight. How many people live in Malta? 2,500? Uh, no, a little under 2,000. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. the per capita rate of Division yeah. I women's basketball players to come out of Malta, Montana, is just, it's just unheard of. You could honestly do a, a documentary about it. Hint, hint, Megan Harrington, if you're watching. <laughs> let's get a Malta documentary going. Uh, our Where Are They Down series is presented by Ryan and Miller Law. At Ryan and Miller, they truly care about their clients and their community. It's important for their firm that they can help local Montanans and the surrounding communities. Every year, they find ways to give back to the community and support the community. Hundreds and hundreds of organizations Paul Ryan and, and Angie Miller give back to, and uh, we're one of them. So we really appreciate their continued support of us as we uh, continue these really fun and uh, uh, also very sometimes special uh, Where Are They Now interviews. More with Skylar Cisco right on the other side. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Welcome back. Hope you're having a great week. Thanks for tuning in. It's Nuwana's Now. You're listening, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching. SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you being here, no matter how you're tuning in. I'm Coulter Nuanez, coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Our second-to-last edition, at least for the summer, of our Where Are They Now series. Crystal Redpath, the uh, creator and co-host of this, in studio with us, as well as our guest for the week, Scala Cisco, a uh, Lady Grizz Hall of Famer and uh, a local resident here in Missoula. It's always fun to have the guests here uh, in the studio. We just caught up with her with what's going on right now, but now uh, we got to talk about some memories. So, um, first of all, just tell us about growing up in, in Malta. This has been so fun. So many of the, especially the women's basketball players that we've had on have been from these tiny Montana towns. I mean, Jean McNulty's from Whitehall, and and uh, we had Julianne the, and Cheryl are both from Malta as right. well. Turner, and I, but close. close. T- totally. Uh, we had one other small town one as well. Who was it? Cass Bauer. Oh, Cass Bauer, of course. Right. So there's something about small town Montana and girls basketball just for work sure. Ethic. We found culture. No, for it's sure. Next to none. What yeah. was your time like growing up in Malta? Uh, awesome. I mean, did your family or the agricultural or what were your what was your family doing? Uh, my mom actually was born there. Oh wow! Her, her dad was a sugar beet farmer, um, and my dad was uh, from Kansas originally, but he uh, was in the military. So uh, they were um, in the Philippines for a while, and then came back to Malta, where my mom was from, and had kids. Um, best small town in, in the world, like 
it's amazing. Uh, I would say that the reason there's so many basketball players is uh, not a lot to do there. I mean, it's 30 miles from the Canadian border, two hours, eh, maybe a little less than two hours to a stoplight. Four, right. Four hours to a mall. I mean, there it was just, it's out there. It's, you know, it's totally out there. Mostly agricultural, um, but an amazing place. Like the work ethic is incredible, probably because it's agricultural based and we know farmers are the hardest working people on the planet. Um, so yeah, just an amazing place and, you know, very small town. So, you know, Greta and I would, would uh, drive over to the coach's house, grab the key to the gym, go to the gym and he would have to then come at 10 o'clock at night and kick us out. And so, you know, just a, uh, we were just gym rats and we could be, right? Cause it's the nineties and it's all we did was play sports and mostly basketball. I mean, we did some volleyball and track, but yeah, just an amazing place. And I think too, once you start that cycle, that's right. then there is an expectation. It's just like winning. It's easier to win once you've been winning. It is really hard to start winning after you've been losing. And so the same thing is after you grow a bunch of amazing women basketball players, the young girls look up to that and then they practice harder and then you've all of a sudden created a tradition. And that's what has definitely happened in Malta. Um, and I think st- still going. I mean, there's there's still great coaches there. There's still great basketball players there. And so, yeah, and this is a, a really good opportunity too for me to, to say thanks to all the people in Malta. They put on a, a fundraising basketball camp. Mm. And you know, it's a small town, right? So right. It, it, it was impressive. They, I think, over $15,000. Wow. And like popcorn sales. I mean, it is so grassroots and awesome. And man, I just can't say thanks enough to my good friend Gretchen who started that and just put it on. And then, and then it was an amazing basketball camp because you had a bunch of amazing coaches. Greta went, uh, Gretchen, my friend who played at, at Montana Tech. Um, they had some, they had a couple uh, Carol players, uh, like just amazing. So not only was it like an amazing fundraiser, but the coaching at that camp for those kids that, that came, that they got a, they got a treat. I love the, the, the sort of common thread here that um, a life with left, less distractions actually helps breed much more success. I, yeah. I, think, I think about this all the time. You weren't thinking about going to anywhere else but the gym because that was probably the coolest place to go in Malta during the winter, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you want to get away from the mosquitoes in the summer, and the <laughs> right? Minus fifty degrees in the winter. Of course, you want to go to the gym. Right. Yeah, and no cell phones, no social media. I mean, so yeah, it's less distraction for sure. And I always wonder about that. Just the infiltration of the technology because it it just flattens the world, right? And even anybody in Malta has a cell phone now. So I don't know. I just I guess that. Um, the point that I always think of is that being bored is good because being bored is what helps you create all your hobbies, right? Like I remember learning this, loving to read and write because I didn't want to be bored. So now I have a passion just like playing basketball, right? I I feel like that simplicity carried over to your time for the Lady Grizz. We played so much in the summers. We, we really did. We played on the blacktop. We played all over and it was just, it was already set up. Like I came into this group and it's like, that's what we did. And I would say we probably built a lot of our championship teams on the blacktop. Yeah. And yeah. playing in hot McGill Hall yeah. in the summer. But yeah, a we lot did. of that, you started that, and then it kind of carried over for our years where we played here. Yeah, I mean, we did. I, I don't know, maybe you know, if kids, the college kids it's, play pickup. Well, it's all 
orchestrated now. I mean, they can get college credit. They're paid to be here in the summer. What are you going to give me? And there's also this weird thought where there's this whole usage issue, right? The NBA kind of started it, but now everybody's worried about playing too much. I remember when I was in college, the Grizz guys would come down after practice and play with us at the rec center for like three hours, and nobody was worried about getting burned out. The Lady Grizz girls used to come down, too. We used to always want Sonia Rogers on our team because you give Sonia open three, she's nailing that. Oh, yeah. But the difference (laughs) is, Coulter, is now the coaches are in everything. It's so orchestrated, and we didn't have coaches around. I don't even think we saw our coaches during the summer. That was it. No, I don't think you could. No. So it's just, it's really changed uh, the trajectory of college athletics with just this element of, of never really resting from any type of break from organized play. Right, totally. Yeah. Uh, it's now ESPN Radio. Skylar Cisco in studio with us. It's our Where Are They Now series presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. They are dedicated to providing their clients with the best representation. Ryan and Miller work as a team to provide one-of-a-kind legal services for their clients. Their team works hard to ensure their clients get the compensation they deserve. Consultations always free, so call them, 406-542-2233. That's 542-2233. Ryan and Miller, proud to present our Where Are They Now series. Do you remember when the Lady Grizz first uh, landed on your radar? Probably a little bit earlier than most in small-town Montana, just because there is sort of the Malta connection to the Lady Grizz, yeah. right? Um, boy, I don't remember exactly where that landed. I I do remember, you know, being maybe sophomore, sophomore in high school, around that time and, and, and really having this fascination with Stanford. Mm, interesting. Uh, but it was also a very ethereal. Like, as for a small-town Montana kid, that's that's kind of like, oh, someday I'm going to walk on the moon. Like, <laughs> right. like that's how far removed that feels. Um, so I, I definitely, I had been getting recruiting calls from a lot of colleges, and and uh, I just remember being so fascinated with Stanford. And, and they wanted to give me a full ride for track. Whoa. And I just, I just, high jump is fun, but it's the same thing over and over again. And I just, uh, you know, when Rob called, it was kind of a no brainer at that point. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. I mean, I I would be lying if I said that if Stanford would have offered me a full ride basketball scholarship, I might have chosen that. Maybe not. I don't really know, but it would have been a tough decision. But I did have offers from a lot of places in Texas and kind of around around the nation and MSU. But when Rob called, it's a no-brainer. Like, who doesn't want to be a Lady Grizz, right? <laughs> and you had Linda Mandel before you. Yep. Greta, Greta was playing here. Yep. So here's your, your friend and teammate. Yep. And that makes a huge difference too, right? Stanford had been so good at that exact moment too. I mean, I think Tara Vanderveer's first championship came like 91. So that's probably right when they first landed on your radar yeah, then too, yeah. right? Uh, so fascinating to think back to the very beginning when... The two finalists for the Lady Grizz head job were Robin Selvig yeah. and Tara Vanderveer. Pretty good coaching, pretty good finalists there yeah. uh, for the University of Montana. Both of them went on to be, I mean, two of the all-time winningest coaches in the history of college basketball. And uh, stayed. And both stayed forever and ever and ever. Um, so tell us about when you first got to Missoula then. I mean, how, first, how far is the drive is Baltimore? about seven hours? Yeah, it's about, it's a short seven. Yeah. <laughs> if, my, if my brother's driving it, it's five and a half. <laughs> I uh, love it. Terrified. I was, I mean, <laughs> oh, it, was, I bet. it was terrifying. I mean, I can drive on dirt roads. I can drive a stick. I can drive a tractor. But one ways in Missoula. Oh yeah. Terrifying. So I struggled a little bit for sure. Um, and I think I think a lot of the small town kids, you know, watching uh, Megan's documentary, it's like we all kind of had that same feeling. There was a year, 91, where we're, everybody on the team was from Montana. 
And so, uh, you know, we had... It was 94. Was it? No. Nah. And, well, it was 94. It, it was, was 94. It was Sam Lake Scenery. And, and it was, Lake, it was yeah, the... 93-94. And there's, yeah. the, there's the iconic Lady Grizz poster all the where all of the yeah. players are wearing their Montana letter jackets. Yeah, yeah. So it, I think we all kind of felt that same way. Yeah. Sherry Brooks and I were good friends, and you know, we used to talk about that all the time where we were just like, we're terrified. Just, it's big, <laughs> like... I don't know. It's, it, going from a town of 2,000 to whatever it was in 93, 60,000, 70,000, it just felt big, and it, it felt over my head, and I was red-shirting, and, you know, there were some tough tough times, and I think most freshmen, especially freshmen from small towns, kind of go through that. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it was a little bit terrifying. Your red-shirt year, uh, what did you learn during that time? Uh, I learned that Kelly Pilcher is very strong. Keep your nose clean. Yeah. Don't challenge those seniors. <laughs> Don't challenge the seniors. It was a tough, I tell them this too, it was a tough senior crew. Yes. Uh, but again, I would say for my benefit, because Kelly would not take it easy. Uh, she didn't care that you were a 100-pound freshman. Like, and I credit her to this day, you know, for making me tougher. Um, and, and same with Sherry. Like, Sherry did not take it easy. She stole the ball from me as a freshman, I don't know how many times, like double-digit times a day. Rob had to stop practice and be like, Skyla, she's going to steal it if you do that again. And I would do it again, and she would steal it. And he was like, dear God, we're never going to teach this girl anything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I'm uh, uh, tougher. I was tougher after my freshman year here. That probably got you really ready, though, right? I mean, if you're going, I mean, Kelly Pilsner's one of the great point cards in the Lagos history. If you're going against her every day every in practice, day. then yeah. when you go play, you know, your redshirt freshman year, yeah, yeah. Not, not so tough, right? Yeah, well, games were a breeze. <laughs> I mean, and you're never going to yeah. play somebody as good as you go in practice every day, right? Yep, yep, that is definitely true. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. It's our Where Are They Now series, presented by Ryan and Miller Locke. Chris, uh, Chris Redpath in studio with us and our guest this week, uh, Skyla Cisco. What do you remember about the Big Sky Conference back then? Um, you know, I think it there's there's a lot more parity now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was definitely a top tier, uh, more so, and a lower tier that remained constant. Yep. So there's a lot lot better parity now. Um, but yeah, the Big Sky Conference was always like we were always at the top, so people were always shooting for us. And yeah. I think that wasn't a terrible thing either. Um, and then and then you're always. Like, you can't have a bad game. Right? Apparently, we had four Big Sky losses. <laughs> four, four Big Sky losses years. in four years. Pretty amazing. But, Boise State came in and out during your time. Yeah. Or they were in and out. And then we had some additions. But I think they came later. Cal State, Northridge. It's Sac State. Sac State. Later. Yep. So it's changed. Um, and I, it's, it's, I think it's more competitive than it used to be. Uh, and that comes with parity, obviously. Um, but as far as what I remember about it, it was a great conference to be in. Um you're always an underdog going into the NCAAs, though, from the Big Sky Conference. For sure. Like, it's an underappreciated conference. For sure. I still think it is. Um, and it's a huge conference. So traveling is a whole different ball game. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. Loved being part of the Big Sky Conference. It feels like a small town, kind of. I, I, I keep thinking about this with all this college football realignment. I guess college realignment in general that's driven almost exclusively by football. And people... In the Big Sky, I've been talking about how challenging it is for student athletes that you know go from Portland State to NAU or Montana and all these different places. How far that is now with all of this, I mean, you're going to have to have 
University of Washington going to Rutgers and Penn State and Maryland. It's 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 stupid, is what it is. It, regardless, we don't want to go down that road. I felt like we would have gone Wednesday <laughs> through Sunday. We would leave right? Wednesday and be gone through Sunday. Right. Yeah, that, was we normal, our, right. that was a normal right. away right. Yep, um, right. weekend for conference. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are so? Do you have any indelible memories uh, from those times? Just games or moments that stand out? Oh, I have <clears throat> so many memories. Like. You can't pack that many memories in any other four years right, of right, your life. Right, totally. Like you see, I seem to remember most of those four years and have forgot the remaining 40 some odd years. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? I can remember almost every sporting event I've ever played in. And then I'm like, well, what happened when I was 27 and in the middle of that year? No idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sports just does that. It does. And because I think we're so passionate about it. True. Right? Um, if I had to pick out a couple memories, I would say one of my favorite, like, on-the-court memories is uh, we're, and you were here, we were playing Western Kentucky. There. There. When we beat them? We did. They were ranked 14th in the nation at the time. And uh, I hit a free throw to win the game. And this did not happen a lot in my career. Like, I can definitely remember missing some big shots, but I, uh, either I don't remember them or I just didn't happen where I hit some game-winning shots. And I, I do remember hitting a free throw to win it. And what made it extra special was I had an aunt, aunt and uncle there that had cool. never seen me play. They were from Kentucky. And so that was really special. And she just recently passed away from cancer, of course. Um, so that that's the one that stuck in my in my head. Didn't Rob lift you up? And Yeah, I think there were some awkward moments there. He, I mean, we went crazy, Coulter. I bet. So I, I mean, wasn't you, really playing. I was a freshman. Sure, so but you know, I was cheering really loud. You, 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 uh, you upset the number 14 team in the country. I think you probably saw On their home floor. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it was unexpected. I don't think that, you know, they looked totally at us unexpected. like we were a high school team. Do you remember that? Well, we looked like a high school team. Yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> looks are so, deceiving. Yep. So that was, that was a good one. Any other definitive memories that stick out in your mind? I mean, you guys hosted the tournament pretty much every year, right? Yeah, we had a lot of tournament wins. There was a game that, uh, Big Sky Conference Championship, so all the marbles against, of course, the Cats, and we hadn't lost to them, um, but they put up a huge fight, like certainly more than we had ever expected, and I must have been a junior, because I can remember wearing a big fat knee brace, um, and we, I, I remember hitting a layup, like, as you should, it's a layup. <laughs> uh, but that put us up a couple. And there's a picture in the paper where I have hands above my head and super excited. And I don't remember if I remember the memory as much as I remember the picture. But that was a big one because we could have we let that was That was Blake Thomas slip. coming yeah. at us. Um, Julie Brown. Blake yeah. Thomas. Downtown Julie Brown. Some really good teams. Yep. Montana State came close, but we didn't lose to them. We did not. So it was close, but it wasn't there. Right. Yeah, but that was a good memory. That was a good memory. Yes, yeah. for sure. We and we always played to host the tournament yeah. because yeah. it's different setup now with the neutral site. But we really need. We wanted to play to get that. Home yeah, host. we have the best crowd on the planet. We wanted to play in front of. And them. there were only four teams that made the tournament. Yep. So that was also change in the format. Now it's everyone's included. We got to make sure we don't yep. leave anybody out. Um, so it's just a different feel. Yep. More with Skyla Cisco. Right for this, it's our Where They Now series presented by Ryan and Miller Law. We also have our community spotlight for the week coming up as well. Don't change that channel. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. We got the MLB network at my house, so we've been watching nothing but baseball. And baseball, the heart of the season when it comes to the Pioneer League as well. Want some Missoula Paddleheads tickets? Call us right now, 
888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number two. We got a pair for you to Sunday's game. Call right now. 406-888-1029. Our Where Are They Now series continues. It's Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Skyla Cisco in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, and with our Where Are They Now co-host, Krista Redpath. Skyla, a great Lady Grizz player. Uh, remembering some old times. We also have to do our community spotlight, though, where we highlight various uh, different uh, good things happening around the state of Montana. This week, it's presented by LWJ Productions. We've talked about our great friend, uh, Linda Weiler-Jacobson, on the show. She also a former Lady Grizz, and uh, she's got this new service that's so great for high school kids, especially uh, women's basketball players that want to play at the college level. But I also find it really fun because it's not just a great way for student-athletes to get themselves exposure, but also to learn more about the recruiting game. It's also so a great way to follow along who are some of the best recruits in Montana. It's a great way to just follow high school girls basketball uh, in the state of Montana. So follow them on their uh, various social media. Uh, Krista, I, who's our, uh, so our, our community spotlight our this Our community week? spotlight is Ryan Slider. He has a company called SS Visual Works. And we know Ryan Slider, former Grizz basketball player from 1998 to 2002. He really saw a need culture similar to Linda in services that were needed for film um, production. He played for about 10 years professionally after he left for the Grizz. He went over to Europe. He played in the NBA Summer League. Um, But Ryan felt like that professional life was really catching up with him. So he went into teaching, high school teaching, high school coaching. But as a kid, he was a film enthusiast who loved the artistry behind video creation. And it's interesting how he kind of fell into LA film scene with another relationship that is a familiar name around Montana, Nico Harrison. Of course, general manager of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, And at the time, he was very high up in Nike. So he gave Ryan the opportunity to earn a project, and I think that just really put him on the map. And Nico, just like a big brother to him. And so I think when Ryan realized that he could create his own destiny by working for himself, that really empowered him to go out and make these videos and, and this film creation. His business has grown so much. It started in 2018, but he boasts over 25,000 followers on Instagram. Cool. And I think even more than the video creation, it's his following. So now, just like Linda has established this need, people follow him for content. I mean, parents, coaches, and agencies know that they're getting top quality video content, but they also want to see who is Ryan featuring. Yeah, right. Because I want to follow that player. And so I just thought that was really great. The other piece is, he started a nonprofit foundation to, un- to support underprivileged athletes and teams who desire these film services for benefit of advancement of play, but they just don't have the resources to do it. Also, he wants to empower by hiring interns to come in and really learn film. And so if, if there is any way that there are some listeners out there that would like to support him, ssvisualworks at gmail.com or his Instagram, ssvisualworks or his website are great resources, but really proud of Ryan Slider. Just great to catch up with him. Thank, thank you, Krista. That's a community spotlight presented by LWJ Productions. And uh, Linda, I did receive your text. I'm sorry uh, that I haven't uh, gotten back to you, but I will call you soon. So, uh, But go follow along at LWJ Productions on all the social medias because, like I said, not just a great place for uh, a lot of high school athletes to get extra exposure, but also it's just a really fun way to follow along uh, with all the various prospects around uh, the state of Montana uh, in girls basketball. Scott Cisco joining us here uh, as we wrap up our number one. Uh, we got to ask you a couple things. First of all, 
The fact that you lived in Missoula all along has probably helped you follow the Lady Grizz, and I've seen you at games all the time over the years. So what's that been like, sort of being a former player and then following along with the program? Um, equally awesome and and, and, and equally, equally frustrating. Yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to say that. Well, we but. sit across from each other. Oh, for so sure. there's times where we will text. Yeah. Okay? And, and we all do it in good faith, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm more on media row, so I'm looking at things from both sides. Mm-hmm. But how do you not... I know, and I'm just, game. I'm just fully biased, right? <laughs> I don't have to even pretend that I'm, like, somehow a diplomat. I, I want the Lady Grizz to win. I want them to win the Big Sky every year. And so, you know, we've had some slightly more difficult years, but and then it kind of goes back to what I said to earlier, where is if, you, if you're losing some games, it's really hard to break in and just learn the winning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easier if you just come into a winning program and keep the winning going. Yep. And so it's so much more challenging for the Lady Grizz now um, to have a couple down seasons and then try to build back up. On top of that, they're in a tougher conference, a different, you know, tougher culture, more parity. Every game is hard. Yeah. I mean, we had some gimmies. There were some games where we were like, we can't, we couldn't lose this game. Well, I'm sure we could have, but these guys now don't. It's not like that at all. No, There's every no game, game is. Every game is very, very difficult, and there's no downtime. So it's super fun. I love going. Um, I would, I, and they'll get back, but I, I, want, I want them to win. I haven't lost that competitive part. Like, and you never will. No, probably not. <laughs> you got to give us some, some Rob stories because you've been around and you've you seen Rob both uh, sort of finish up his career and then now, uh, you know, not be involved with it, but still paying very close attention to it. I know you guys remain close. Yeah, he's a man. He's a gem. I mean, he and uh, uh, Janie came down when I, we opened the business, and they were always there trying to support. I mean, I'm out of college for a couple decades, and they're still they're there. there. They show up. I know yeah, it's amazing. Still there, like. You know, we heard you're having a business venture. We want to come support you. And it's like, good, good grief. That's amazing. They are amazing human beings. Um, so apologies for the story, Rob. Like, <laughs> but you know it's coming, and you know which story's coming because it's the same one every time. But uh, my favorite Robism of all time, which is I get a double down because now I also get to make fun of the most recent Hall of Famer, Anne Lake Roush. Yes. And so she was a senior when I was a freshman. I was terrified of her. As, as I should have been. I was as well. Yeah. So they're a totally fair. Yes. She's an intimidating figure and then a hell of a basketball player. Um, so she's at the free throw line. All, she's an amazing basketball player, but she's a terrible free throw shooter. <laughs> like, she's just a, not a great free throw shooter. I kept telling her she needed to cut her nails, but I don't think she was listening to me. So she's at the free throw line in a game against Boise. Really tight game. And she was at the free throw line. And it, it, it's going to make or break it. Like She's going to win the game for us. She's going to lose the game for us. And Rob, I'm on the bench. I'm a red shirt. Rob is pacing the bench back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Jacket comes off. He, he's stressed. Fair. It's not his best free throw shooter at the line. And he, he's, he turns around to the bench and he yells, everybody pray. <laughs> and... And then he takes a couple more paces, and then he turns right back around and says, you know what, never mind. Don't bother praying. Not even God can help her. <laughs> oh. uh, just the things that come out of his mouth. He doesn't even like, remember it either. He'll say, no. I didn't say that. Yeah, all the time. He's like, oh, why? I wouldn't say that. I would- uh, at the court designation, for Robert Selvig Court, uh, they showed a, a, the, sort of the outtakes of all your guys' stories about him. 
That could be a documentary in itself. Yes. It was all the outtakes of the, of the house that Rob built. But it was like 20 minutes. And I, I was like crying. I was laughing so hard. It was unbelievably funny. Yeah. No, the, the, and that's the other funny part. Like, he's unintentionally crazy out of his mind. And the things that are coming out of his mouth are still hilarious. Oh, yeah. And so, anyway, but for the record, she did make the free throw. <laughs> and Very he won good. the game. And that's why she was a Big Sky MVP and, uh, and a Hall of Famer, just like yep. Seattle Cisco, who joins us here uh, on our way right now. We only have a couple minutes left, so just, just two more things for you. Uh, first of all, um, you talked about it earlier when you talk about your, your current journey, but I mean, how do you think your time playing basketball, both for the Lady Grizz and then briefly professionally, it has influenced your life? Yeah, I think just that that tenaciousness and discipline piece that you have to be to an athlete. I think you have to have that discipline and more to, to be a cancer patient. And in the mental game. And I can I can give Rob thanks a million times over for that because he definitely made me tougher. And you need that. So thanks, to, thanks Rob. <laughs> thanks for all those really mean things you said to me. <laughs> they really made me tough. It, it, certainly, though, the, uh, the adversity is what makes you who you are. I know you wanted to, to mention some people and say some thank yous. Yeah, so. yeah, I think it'd be silly for me not to use this platform because it's a pretty rare platform, so thanks to you guys. I just wanted to throw out a thanks to the whole community because uh, Missoula's just uh, unbelievably supportive. And uh, my friend put up a GoFundMe campaign and I, I'm, I'm blown away. I, I mean, I haven't played for two decades. And just reading through that list, like I would get two names down the list and then I would just start bawling. And I was like, okay, I have to look later. And there was like, you know, eight to 900 donors. And, and man, I just, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody out there. It's, it's an emotion that I think everyone should feel someday, mm. like to feel that loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you die, like, I feel like I was reading the stuff you'd maybe see at a funeral and, and hear people say about you at a funeral, but I, but I got to hear it. And so just amazing. And so thank you, Missoula. And thank you, Malta. Yeah. And Montana. Yeah. Well, we'll leave you with a, a funny story uh, as we wind down hour number one here at Nuana's Now. There's no way you remember this, but I have to tell you this. When I was a freshman in high school, you were coaching at Big Sky, I think. Or at least you were somehow involved in Big Sky. So you'd come yep, down to our Marty. open gyms. Yep, yep. I was about as tall as I am right now when I was 14. So I thought I was pretty hot stuff. I was pretty darn, you know, I was like the man in eighth grade basketball. So I'm coming in <laughs> to freshman, you know, I'm like, I'm a freshman. I'm going to make JV this year. Let's go. And I remember you played at open gym, and I was like, oh, I'll guard her. And you killed me so bad. And never again in my life did I ever think girls can't play basketball because you just destroyed me that day. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. It ignited my love of women's basketball full nice. force. Uh, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you ripped the ball out of my hands and took it the other way and then just stole it from me again on the very next possession. I was like, well, here we go. At least she's a big sky MVP. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Now ESPN Radio. Our Where Are They Now series is presented by Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Can't thank them enough for their continued support uh, of this segment. Ryan and Miller has over 30 years of experience. They approach every case like it's going to trial from day one. This ensures they're always prepared and ready to press forward on all their cases to get their clients the justice they deserve. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. Carol and the two doesn't know sports. We got some Paddleheads tickets. We got some free Iron Grizz. And we have one of the best tight ends in America. All of it next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.